What's up, everyone? This is a major motion podcast episode three. We are doing Snake Eyes and Old in our first ever two movie review episode. But first, I am Nick. You can catch me on Twitter at Nationals Ace. He is Fox. You can catch him on Twitter at Fox Film Fanatic. And we're excited. This is, like I said, our first two episode review, or excuse me, two ep- or two movie review in an episode. So clearly, yeah, you know, this is going to take some getting used to. But Fox, how you doing? Pretty good, man. I mean, you know, you just gave me this this uh, rundown of our show, and you know, you know exactly what I'm I'm looking forward to talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it, there's a reason for the order because uh, it's going to be in our trailer talk uh, portion of the show. So I'm not going to jump the gun yet, yeah. but I I ordered these in a way that let's just get it out of the way, kind of kind of deal. It's going to be the thing we talk about the most, so we're just going to talk about it. But yeah, we're we're not going to spoil anything. We'll we'll you know build up some uh some tension i guess um all right the weekend box office another new one and i have my numbers correct this week so for those of you who listened last week and made fun of me i got my numbers right Uh, i I came correct jungle cruise took the number one spot at the box office 35 million domestic 62 worldwide 62 and a half worldwide which is actually really really good considering you know the state of the world uh have you seen jungle cruise I've seen, I've actually was watching it um, a couple of days ago. I saw the first 30 minutes of it. It's really got that, you know, Indiana Jones type feel. And The Rock is doing the typical The Rock stuff. Nothing surprising there. Yeah, you talked about it, The Rock last week. I know how much you love yeah, him. Yeah, adore him. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it, didn't, it didn't look too bad, though. I was pretty entertained. And yeah, like I said, I, I didn't finish it, though. Yeah, I'll see it at some point. Uh, I'll probably wait a little bit. And we're not reviewing it because, again, it's made for like we're always before we review a movie, we're always going to consider who it's made for. And we will review some movies like, you know, major Pixar movies and stuff like that. Obviously, we will review when they come out. But this is just like slightly, you know, misses us as the target audience. So it doesn't mean we can't enjoy it, but right. it definitely, you know, seems to be uh, an enjoyable movie if only for the entertainment factor, but 62 and a half million worldwide is a uh, not too shabby there. Not too shabby. So let's get into our opening scene. And this has to do with the, I guess, primary movie in today's rule. Although it's kind of 50, 50. I think these movies are similar levels, just kind of uh, your, your taste and preference, whatever, but opening scene, are you a fan of spinoffs? Because typically, you know, obviously a spinoff comes from a beloved uh, primary, what's the word I'm looking for, piece of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Show. Uh-huh. I mean, a movie, property, property. Property, there you go. There we go. Yeah, so a spinoff comes up from a beloved piece of property, whether it be movie or TV show. And typically, it's not as good. But are you a fan it doesn't mean, you know, you can't enjoy spinoffs, but are you a fan of spinoffs? I like certain spinoffs. Um, that question just tried to make me think of making me think of specific spinoffs. But now I'm like drawing a blank in the first one I can think of, which is really frustrating to me. is Hobbs <laughs> and Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> you love the rock, man. I know you do. It's OK to admit it. Yeah, but I, I don't have a problem with spin. I think spinoffs. 
actually the whole um x-men universe kind of has a couple of spinoffs but mm, i think spinoffs are great if it serves to the whole story but some individual stories just don't work that well and it's better to not have done a spinoff but it, it really is 50 50 sometimes because some spinoffs are great some spinoffs just aren't that great yeah like the thing with spinoffs is that they try to recreate that magic which like i said if you're doing a spinoff the original piece of property was clearly big you know right game of thrones is having multiple spinoff shows um yeah i'm struggling <laughs> the, the, the the one that immediately came to mind was um a better call Saul because right, I, I thought of that too. Break Breaking Bad was phenomenal, and I haven't finished watching Better Call Saul, but I heard it's phenomenal as well. And I think that's the rare case. That's not the norm for these spinoffs. Uh, one of my favorite shows of all time, Sons of Anarchy, they had a spinoff. I believe it's still on air called Mayans, which is just a you know one of the motorcycle clubs from the show, and it's just it's not that same level. So. I agree with you. If it doesn't add to the primary property, it's kind of hard for it to reach that same level level of acclaim because it's already claiming priority from the original property. Right. It's it's already using that to boost its audience, to boost itself, but it also comes with a, a higher bar to hit. Usually, you know, when someone loves that original piece of property, they're not going to give that long of a leash to the spinoff because they have that direct comparison, you know? Yeah. Also, so, don't forget the, uh, the conjuring universe has a whole bunch of spinoffs. <laughs> yeah. So stuff like the conjuring and you brought up X-Men. I think that's a great point because those are technically spinoffs, but those spinoffs kind of exist as their own. Uh, I don't want to say franchise, but their own line. Right. Cause like with X-Men, it's really, Wolverine is sort of the spinoff, but right. Wolverine's also the only character they made us care about. That's so true. it's like, obviously, you know, we're going to care about, and obviously you have Hugh Jackman who's interested and he did like seven of those movies. So, you know, we're, we're going to be interested, but the X-Men universe became the Wolverine universe really. And with, I, I think the conjuring is a, a phenomenal one because technically the conjuring, the nun, um, Annabelle. What else? Annabelle. Annabelle yeah. And uh, I think, that, oh, La Llorona. Like all of that's technically in the same universe. And some of those movies are trash, but yeah, for, for the most part, it's all kind of like, um, you know, its own line of story. It's almost like. Which is kind of important, though, at the same time. You know, you oh, want to yeah. have it have it have its own linear story separate, but still sort of obviously rooted in the whole what originally started it yeah absolutely you always get the annabelle annabelle is usually referenced in just about every movie where you catch a glimpse of her in something whether it's direct or indirect yeah i i think the annabelle one is a, a great comparison or a great uh you know movie to bring up as far as spinoffs go because obviously we got conjuring first and we've gotten the most i guess we had the same amount of annabelle movies as conjuring movies but uh Annabelle served to lift up Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are the main characters of the Conjuring universe. And then Annabelle just became such a phenomenon that it became its own thing too, but we're still getting Conjuring. So that's again, kind of a rare case where both uh, the spinoff and original property 
held its own and, yeah. you know, have continued to be successful. So spinoffs are going to exist. We're just bringing this up because we're, we're talking about snake eyes today. Um, but, you know, there, there are plenty of bad spinoffs and plenty of spinoffs that aren't even getting mentioned because they get canceled after a season or two or the, the movie just stinks. But always curious to, to see what everyone's reactions are to to spinoffs, especially bad spinoffs. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's get into trailer talk in the meantime and uh, tease it off the top. But first trailer we're going to talk about is King Richard. For those of you who don't know what this movie is about or if you haven't heard about it, it's a look at how tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams became who they are after the coaching from their father, Richard Williams. It stars Will Smith, John Bernthal, Tony Goldwyn, Susie Ombright, um, Dylan McDermott. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to butcher their name. I think it's Anjanae. Anjanae Ellis is playing Brandy Williams. Demi Singleton is playing Serena Williams. And Sonia Sidney is playing Venus Williams. I hope I didn't butcher the names too much. But comes out November 19th. I actually really really liked this trailer i am actually pretty excited i love will smith not to the level you love will smith but i love (laughs) will smith but i was actually genuinely excited for this trailer but i'm gonna leave the floor to you because this is your prime (laughs) wheelhouse hey no go ahead put your thoughts and thoughts and perspectives into it too but yeah obviously i'm definitely looking forward to checking this movie out i think um, I think Will always thrives in a movie where he can really deliver and uh, show off his acting chops. We don't usually get that too much from him. And I think I think deep down inside, he's he's probably chasing that Oscar because the last two dramatic films he's done has sort of been snubbed. And Seven Pounds wasn't even he didn't even get a nomination for it. So hopefully he might pull this one through. I think it, it, it's it's an interesting comparison I'm about to make, but I think this could be his uh the revenant leonardo dicaprio won an oscar for that performance and i i deep down think that leo did not win that oscar for his that specific performance especially if you look at who his competition was Um, and i think this was a conversation around that time too where people were saying this is more of a legacy win for leo because his last four or last three movies or so leo really put on amazing performances and I think were really Oscar worthy. He just didn't get those chances to win any of them. Um, and I think the Revenant was sort of like the makeup it was like, okay, we got you. The Academy was like, okay, we got you. And I think if nobody else comes up and sneaks up and try to tries to take this Oscar from Will, hopefully not. Um, I think he could pull in that win. And I think if he does, if the competition is uh, pretty stacked, then it might be another Leonardo DiCaprio moment. I don't know if you've never. I don't know if you ever noticed that, Nick. If the if you ever or felt that way or saw that perspective of Leo oh, winning 100%. for the Revenant, one hundred percent. Because the Revenant isn't even Leo's best movie. It's probably not right. even top three. Yeah, exactly. It was a hundred percent um, a makeup uh, award for him being snubbed in several other occasions. Yeah. Um, not to say Leo wasn't good in the Revenant, but again, it wasn't even his top three, and. Um, I do think this could be that for Will Smith. And I hope you don't take offense 
when I say this, but oh, Will Smith is not quite to the level that Leo was. Like Leo from an acting had, standpoint, yes. <laughs> right. Just from the the body of work, because Leo had several notable uh performances where you're like, what the hell? Like there's in the in that moment watching that movie, whatever that movie was, you're like, what the hell? There's nobody better than Leo on the planet. And right. Will Smith can be to the level pursuit of happiness, I absolutely love. Right. I that's a phenomenal movie, and I know Will Smith can do it, but I don't think it's quite he, the level of disrespect to Will Smith isn't what it was to Leo because Will Smith has had some stinkers. He yeah, has but I mean, had some stinkers. If you, if, if you like look at some of his more transformative roles and not oh, Pursuit sure, of Happiness, sure, like sure, Ali, sure. like before Pursuit of Happiness, 2001 and Ali, like that man fully enveloped uh, uh, Muhammad Ali. He did the, he mm-hmm. had the voice, he had the, the, the weight, the physique, the fighting skill, the fighting style, I should say. But yeah, I think, mm-hmm. you're, but still you're right. Like, Leo is one of those type of actors where he's almost like an, an actor's actors, you could say. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he is really the stretch of focus, concussion, suicide squad, collateral, bright, where yeah. we're just like, yeah, those, those <laughs> movies got a lot of hype for one reason or another. And not that it was necessarily Will Smith's fault in any of them, but they were all just kind of stinkers or just disappointments. But yeah. what what I wanted to bring up was his performance in Aladdin. And Aladdin, yeah, it was fine. But him replacing Robin Williams, R.E.P., um, was such like a, a big deal. And again, not because yeah. of Will Smith, but obviously Robin Williams's genie was iconic. But Will Smith made it his own, and I thought he did a really, really good job. And I think, again, not really knowing him (laughs) or anything, but that really brought people back into how good of an actor Will Smith is and can be. It's just a matter of finding the right role because he needs to have those those moments where he can really shine. And and, and, in a couple of these movies, like Gemini Man, that got a lot of hype too because of the way it was shot and whatnot. The CGI like, and stuff. Right. Like the they gave Will Smith his moments through the action. And he can be an action star, but Will Smith really shines through those emotional moments. Oh, definitely. And he, and he can he can give you some comedy here and there. Obviously, everyone knows Fresh Fresh Prince of Bel Air and like how great that was. But I, I think this is you know what we've been waiting to see from will smith for some time yeah return and i to agree form. yeah exactly that's a perfect way to put it a return to form for, for will smith and i would love to see him get an oscar i think you know he has been slept on in what he can do and just from this trailer i'm getting those vibes of a classic return to form like you said will smith performance and i'm really really excited yeah yep all right so that comes out November 19th, we will be reviewing it. I guarantee you that. If Even if I didn't want to, I would be overruled. <laughs> so we will be reviewing it. All right. Next trailer, House of Gucci. This is by Ridley Scott. Stars Adam Driver, Lady Gaga, Jared Leto, Jeremy Irons, Salma Hayek. Comes out November 24th. Uh, this is spanning three decades of love, betrayal, decadence revenge and ultimate ultimately murder we see what a name means what it's worth and how far a family will go for control 
basically, you know, that's kind of a vague synopsis, but it's about the, the brand Gucci, the Italian fashion house Gucci. Uh, it's like I just said, it's stacked cast Ridley Scott joint. Um, this we were just talking about Oscar talk with Will Smith. This feels like one of those uh, movies that's set up directly for an Oscar and not saying it won't be good, but you can kind of get the vibe from those movies whenever they're made and whenever they're put together that they're trying to go for an Oscar. Um, and it really reminded me of American hustle. Obviously I haven't seen oh, yeah. house of Gucci yet, but that's the vibes I got just from the cast and the way that the trailer ran. Uh, what did you think of it? I thought it looked, you know, really visually appealing. I don't even know too much about the story of the, the murder of Gucci or anything like that, but, uh, I've, the thing I, I enjoy seeing is Jared Leto just because he dives <laughs> in so that up. into his roles. And it's, it's so, it's so fun to watch him act you know, as a fan of just actors and, and, and a fan of acting. It's just, it, it's really entertaining to see Jared Leto go full out and become somebody else to the point where everybody's like, who is that? Is that, that's, that's Jared Leto. You like, you didn't know that. And they're like, Oh my God, it's Jared Leto. Yeah. He just always has those transformative roles and it, it's fun to watch. Yeah, um, Jared Leto is another one who I think kind of unfairly gets criticized, and he definitely deserves his uh, fair share of criticism <laughs> in some <laughs> some roles in in some regard. But he is widely talented. People forget he's the lead singer of Thirty Seconds to Mars too, so that the guy can really you know perform, and he knows how to do it well. And he takes it a little extreme with I don't know if you some people don't want to call it method acting. Uh, the dictionary t- definition would be method acting with what Jared Leto does and how uh, immersed he gets into his roles. Obviously, everyone knows the the, the stories behind his his role as Joker. Um, but when it's done well, it can be really, really captivating to to see just how uh, well he becomes his character. And it, it's it makes for a good movie like that. You know, we're just dumb, dumb brains that you can just feed slop to. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so th- this is just one of those scenarios where Jared Leto just puts on a show and we're just going to sit back and watch. I thought the trailer looked pretty good. I don't know how invested I will be in this. This is just personal preference. I tend to watch these movies because of how big they are, but they're not necessarily my cup of tea. And that's fine. That not every movie is going to be every person's cup of tea doesn't mean it's not going to be good doesn't mean i won't like it either but i'm also really excited for lady gaga to continue her acting career because i thought she was phenomenal in a star is born that's oh, yeah, one of my favorite movie. movies of all time love it um and she was absolutely great as an actress not even just the the vocal performances in that show everyone knows she can sing but her as an actress, she deserved that um, Academy Award, in my opinion. Obviously, that's tough. The Academy is very picky with who they allow to win awards and whatnot. But I thought she was very deserving. Um, and I'm excited to see her in another movie that is prime for Oscar contention, at least on the surface, because I think her ability as an actress is to that level. So I'm excited to see it continue. And obviously you support her in the movie with a great cast, Jared Leto, Adam Driver, Al Pacino. I don't think I mentioned him earlier. Jeremy Irons, who's super underrated. Salma Hayek, who can 
act her ass off too. People forget that. Um, yeah. I mean, th- this looks like a great movie. So, I agree. yep, that comes out November 24th. Um, speaking of Jared Leto and Joker, same universe, slight shift. Venom, Let There Be Carnage comes out September 24th, directed by Andy Serkis, which I'm pretty excited about, but um, returns Tom Hardy in the titular role. Woody Harrelson is Carnage. Um, Cletus Cassidy is the name, which is still funny to me. And Naomi, yeah, no, Naomi Harris is brought into the fold as well. Uh, this is a new trailer, so it's the second one to come out. So we've gotten a little taste of it before. Um, I'll let you go first this time. What was your thoughts on this trailer? Well, I'd say with the first, the first Venom, I, I know a lot of people either hated it or didn't like it or anything like that, even though it made a whole bunch of money. But besides that, I think I thought the first one was pretty decent not great but the thing that it really um the thing that really held it together was obviously the dynamic between tom hardy and or um, eddie brock and and venom their dynamic really worked well i think um and then this one i think they're basically focusing more on that and 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 bringing that more to the forefront and uh what's called uh capitalizing off of that off of that dynamic and I think Woody Harrelson is a is a great actor. Uh, I enjoy watching him act all the time in all of his roles. And I think he's going to kill it. I also think uh, the the CG looked great when he was transforming into Carnage. Mm-hmm. I thought that was beautifully done. Uh, uh, Andy Serkis is directing. I haven't really seen too much of what he's directed. I know he directed Mowgli, uh, which was like uh, the Jungle the Book, Jungle sort Book. of. Yeah, and I heard it's pretty. I haven't seen it, but I heard it was pretty good. Yeah, I don't even know if it was as good or better than the Jungle Book that came in theaters, came out in theaters. But yeah, I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen Andy Serkis uh, direct many things, but I'm looking forward to it. And I think he really understands uh, CGI and, and motion capture the best. So hopefully we'll see Tom Hardy put on and, and Woody Harrelson put on some great performances that were really lacking, I think, in the first one. Uh, some of the fighting and some of the cinematography or the angles they were capturing things just didn't work out that well for me personally. So I think Andy Serkis is a good is a good director who can who can sort of uh, capture that capture that uh, that feeling and the the look of of that character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as the first Venom goes, I enjoyed it, but I definitely had my problems with it, and really that. Uh, surrounded Riz Ahmed and Riz Ahmed first and foremost is a great actor if you haven't seen uh, The Sound of Metal phenomenal movie and he he's the lead actor in that and he's absolutely phenomenal but I just didn't buy him as a villain in that movie and that's really what it boiled down to for me and I thought some of the the script and the way the movie flowed was a little bit sloppy but I enjoyed it and I love Tom Hardy and the movie was good enough that I wanted to see more of it. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Um, as far as this trailer goes, Sony's still having the same problem in that they're showing too much of their movies in their trailer. Hmm. I, I don't know if you got that same sense too. It's not quite as bad as it used to be, um, but it, it they still gave too much away, in my opinion. Maybe I, I'm alone in that, that thought. Um, but yeah, I, I agree that the CGI, specifically the scene you just mentioned, Woody Harrelson transforming into Carnage, looked phenomenal. Very, very excited for that. 
Um, I think with Venom in particular, similar to Deadpool, you need to have a certain level of um, what the fuck going on, <laughs> basically. <laughs> like whether yeah. that be with the uh, brutality or, you know, I'm not saying like the language in terms of just dropping F-bombs for the, the sake of dropping F-bombs, right. but there can be ways you use profanity to elevate the movie and kind of raise the stakes. And I think Venom kind of falls into that category. I don't know Venom's backstory necessarily in the comics. And I know obviously in the first one, it was very different from the Venom we saw in Spider-Man three with Tobey Maguire. This Venom is a, a mind of its own and they use him kind of as comedic relief, but it kind of works in the same regard. Cause you have that Jekyll and Hyde aspect going on. So I didn't mind it, but it needs to have that level of brutality too. And yeah. it seems like that's going to be eating people, which is fine, but like, let, <laughs> let Venom eat, <laughs> you know, yeah. like there needs to be that he Venom's not a hero. And that's what he came off as in the last one. Like he, he's a villain. Venom's a villain. Like sometimes he's an anti-hero at best, but he's a villain. Yeah. Like he's only fighting these other um, I can't think of the word of whatever he is symbiotes. He's only fighting these other symbiotes because he doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to be eaten. He doesn't want to be destroyed. So like portray that obviously, but remember Venom's not a good guy either. Yeah. They're trying but, really hard to make him into that hero. Right. Like they're Venom's a direct adversary to Spider-Man and everyone loves Tom Holland, Spider-Man, but you got to remember Tom Hardy and Venom are going to be the, the villain to Tom Holland, Spider-Man. They're going to cross over into the Sony verse at some point. We don't know when, but at some point they will do that. Yeah. Obviously we'll know more after uh, we finally see no way home in December, but that, that was my main, you know, concern of that is just not even the trailer. It's just like, I guess the implications and for what I, where I wanted to go. I think it looks great. I love Woody Harrelson as an actor. I think he makes a, a great bad guy. He kind of gives that creepy <laughs> vibe to him, but he looks Im- imposing as well. So I'm all for it. We'll, we'll see where it goes. And uh, I like Andy Serkis. He obviously has a lot of experience in a lot of different big name franchises and obviously is an acclaimed actor of his own. So I think he can bring a lot to the table as a director. At least I hope so. So, yeah. you know, let's give it a shot. Last one, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings. This comes out September 3rd, so just right around the corner. It's the next mainline MCU film. Stars Simu Liu, Aquafina, Tony Chu Wai Lung. I probably butchered that name. And uh, Michelle Yeoh. And Tim Roth is returning as Abomination. And Benedict Wong, who is Wong in the Doctor Strange films, will be back as well. We've gotten a lot of teasers for them. It seems like they're, they haven't been shy. It's like anytime someone asks for a No Way Home trailer, they just give us another Shang-Chi, yeah, yeah, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi yeah. teaser, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. But for me, I, I'm kind of getting a little, all right, like, let's go with, with Shang-Chi. Like, I'm excited for it, but the more I see, the more nervous I am. I don't know if I'm alone in that. Yeah, see, that's why I just try to see less. So I haven't even seen any other teaser or trailer except for the first one, I think, or the second. You didn't miss anything with this newest one. 
okay. but it's almost yeah. like it's being watered down. Yeah, and that's kind of what I, the the tone of some Marvel movies they always kind of feel a little bit watered down. And I don't want it. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it by saying anything else until I actually see the movie. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. And coming off of Black Widow, we talked about some of the problems, especially the villain problem that Marvel has, and they're seemingly trying to set up the Ten Rings organization as um, I won't say a big bad, but um, a villain that lasts over the span of a couple movies because in the uh, comics it is like an organization it is sort of like a hydra in that even if uh, Shang-Chi emerges victorious as he probably will the the problem isn't resolved right then and there so um, I'm sure it's probably going to be folded into the Thunderbolts or whatever or armor wars or secret wars or whatever uh, Disney plus show they decide to, to fold it into. But again, the, the more I see the more watered down it feels and I'm getting less excited. Um, and also I try to give the benefit of the doubt, but have you seen Kim's convenience on Netflix? I have, I have not I heard it's good though. It is phenomenal. I highly recommend it. It's okay. not my recommendation for today, but I highly recommend it. But that's where Simu Liu came from. That was his like really big break. And he's he's great in it. Don't get me wrong. But he's he's the funny guy. He's the big dumb jock in that show. Yeah. And plenty of other uh, actors have made that transition. And uh, I'm not trying to typecast Simu Liu, but that's the only reference I have from him. So it's tough to see him as a mainline action hero. And it's just kind of throwing me off. Same thing with Aquafina, but with Aquafina, at least I've seen her in some great dramatic roles that I know she can act like um, the farewell. Have you seen that? Yeah. I saw that. She was really great in that. Um, She was great in crazy rich Asians, although she was more of a comedic relief, but she was still good in it. And even if she's comedic relief in this, that's fine because she's not the main line. Uh, person in it so she can she's i guess his best friend and she can be comedic relief that's what uh, plenty of movies uh especially marvel movies do with the best friend character they're they're the comedic relief um but yeah seemingly i'm a little nervous but i know he's a good actor so i'll give him the benefit of the doubt i mean chris evans prior to captain america he was really known for the uh not another teen movie and yeah. uh scott pilgrim like that's where Chris Evans was really coming from. And obviously the, the bad Fantastic Four movies. Although you can't really filter it down to which one I'm talking about because all the Fantastic Four movies have been bad. Um, so the, the benefit of the doubt and Marvel typically nails these castings. They haven't really had a bad casting, which is credit to them. It's just more the script and specifically the villain. But I don't want it to be watered down. I'm just you know, nail it shut. Don't give me anything else till September 3rd. Yeah. Now because in this he, trailer, it was, he, did they show uh, Shang-Chi or Simu talking a lot? Cause that's one thing I actually really noticed in the trailers. We don't get too much dialogue from this guy. And that makes me a little worried. Yeah, we don't, we, we haven't. <laughs> I feel like he's just a mute throughout the whole trailers. And I'm like, okay, what the hell is going to happen to the, is he, is he good? That's kind of a good point. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think that's in an effort to not reveal too much. Like with Sony, they 
like the first time I saw the trailer, I audibly laughed at one part, but I'm like, damn, I wish <laughs> I would have seen that in the no, not like at the trailer, but like at yeah. the joke they made with the yeah. dialogue. Okay. But I'm like, damn, I wish they would have saved that for the movie because now I'm not gonna laugh when it's on screen. Right. But with Marvel, they tend to be very particular with their trailers. Like I'm pretty sure that's true. The Infinity War trailer granted different scale. Infinity War was obviously a huge culmination of what was going on in the MCU. Um, but Infinity War trailer, the only voice was the Nick Fury voiceover. Everything else was just action. So, and obviously Infinity War was great. Um, yeah. We also Black already know Widow. how everybody talks in the... <laughs> right. And, and Black Widow, we obviously knew Black Widow and her, uh, I guess, Russian roots. So it was like, it wasn't shocking to hear Florence Pugh's accent or David Harbour's accent or Rachel Weisz's accent. Um, But this, it's like, I think they're actually doing it to prevent typecasting. Because if you hear Aquafina talk, you're like, oh, God, because Aquafina has a very distinct way of talking. Yeah, for sure. Because she's she's a comedian like that. That's what she does. And similarly, you for those who know and have seen Kim's comedians, it's like, all right, you're expecting him to sound like Jung, which is his character in his convenience, but he might not sound like that. So maybe it's a strategic way of not hiding it. You're not, you have, you're not hiding anything. Everyone's going to see the movie. So you you can't hide it, but I guess protecting the um, judgments or preventing people from judging the movie before they see it, which is smart. That's obviously what these big movie studios need to do, but I am excited. Obviously, I'm going to love any Marvel content that comes out and I'm going to go see it. Um, but I'm just I'm a l- little nervous just because it feels like it's getting watered down at this point. So I don't know what they're trying to do because we haven't even seen Eternals stuff either. We only saw the one teaser trailer for Eternals, but we keep we've had like four different Shang-Chi uh, teaser trailers at this point. Yeah. And well, I get yeah, it, it's coming out next. It's coming out soon. Yeah. But like. I mean, we haven't gotten anything else, but again, it just feels like we're being watered down at this point, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe someone's screaming at their phone right now that I'm wrong. And I'm an idiot. <laughs> All right, let's get into our movie review. Cause I kind of feel the same way about Shang-Chi that I do snake eyes. So let's start, start with snake eyes. We'll do non-spoiler and spoiler. Um, I don't think anyone's going to care if this movie gets spoiled. I'll put it that way. Yeah. But we will break it up in case someone does generally want to see it because it's only been out for what? Five days at this point. Right. Yeah. yeah so we're going to give people time to see it. We won't be complete dicks. Um, so snake eyes, GI Joe origins is the official title. 5.7 on IMDb, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, stars Henry Golding, uh, uh, Andrew Koji. Um, I am forgetting the other two names, but... Uh, Ursula Corbero. Yeah. Um, Baroness, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about her. I'm pulling it up. Uh, Haruke Abe and Takihiro Hira. Is who I was thinking. I think I, I, I usually butcher pronunciations, but I think oh, no, I you, nailed that. Yeah, you convinced me. Yeah. All right. And Samara Weaving was the other one I was trying to think about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, so, yeah, 5.7 on IMDb, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, for those of you who didn't see the G.I. Joe uh, movies, the two, what they came out about uh, 10 years ago or so, um, I don't think you're missing much in terms of needing to see those before seeing this one. 
but the the synopsis is a G.I. Joe spinoff centered around the character of Snake Eyes. So if you haven't seen G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes is one of the main characters in their kind of group. Um, and he's, I guess, a ninja is the way you would say him. <laughs> yeah. Explain him. Yeah. But obviously, Henry Golding is the main character in this. And I segued from Shang-Chi to this because I don't personally buy Henry Golding as an action star. Nothing against Henry Golding and his abilities. I just talked about Crazy Rich Asians. He's the star in that as well. And I thought he was great. Very charming. I liked him in The Gentleman as well. And he was kind of more of a a sleazy kind of charming guy in that. (laughs) I don't know if sleazy charming plays, but he was good (laughs) in The Gentleman. But I just don't believe him as an action star. Uh, I don't remember a ton about the the G.I. Joe movies uh that came out like 10 years ago whatever the ones with channing tatum and the rock which ironically we just talked about last week but uh again i didn't feel like i needed to see them before seeing this because it seems like snake eyes was kind of a test to see how well it did and if there was interest in rebooting this franchise but kind of a soft reboot they would play off of um obviously the ones that came out previously and I just didn't have any interest in that. And I watching this movie, there wasn't a single point that really interested me. It, it just did not captivate me at all. There was no like, oh, wow, moment for me. Um, it played like a generic action movie. It had the opening scene of flashback where the child experiences some sort of trauma, loses a parent, sees something you shouldn't see and da, 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 da transitions to present day he's now in a rough situation struggling for money blah, 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 blah. Uh, joins a group whether good or bad to kind of turn his life around goes through the trials and tribulations to become uh, worthy so to speak does something he regrets or has something go wrong that kind of changes his perspective and then at the end it kind of just resolves itself or it's like slightly unresolved but for the most part, all is good. Like that's how it played. Yep. And it just didn't, there wasn't anything in there that gave me a reason to be interested. Like I was literally on my phone watching it and I don't, I don't do that. Like I watch movies to watch movies. I don't have movies that are, I just throw on in the background. I'll do that with some shows, but not movies. I generally try to be invested in movies. I love movies and this one could not keep my attention. And I, I like Henry Golding. I, uh, Andrew Koji is awesome. And the, the supporting cast, it has nothing to do with them. I actually, one of my notes that I wrote down about this movie, it seems like the cast as a whole was pretty into this movie. Like you, you saw effort being put forth and you can't say that about every movie. Sometimes you'll see movies where actors and actresses clearly mail it in. They're just there for the paycheck and they don't really try. And then whatever is put on screen is put on screen. But this one, it feels like they were really trying to make this something special, but it felt kind of like a Broadway play. It felt like they were overacting in some parts, specifically with the close-up camera shots. I don't know if you got this too, but you would see these dumb, the dumb grins and the dumb like grr faces. And uh, Henry Golding was guilty of that several times, um, but the other one that was just egregious was the Baroness 
um, who I can't pronounce her name, uh, Ursula Corbero. Yeah. I don't know I if that's, that's how you say name, but she was terrible as far as the, the emotion phase. Like it, it looked like a meme. It was, it was really, really bad. And I, I haven't seen any of her previous work, so I can't, I'm not trying to indict her uh, abilities, but man, this movie was tough to get through. And I wanted to like it because anything that has potential for a franchise, I'm going to really try to invest in. So that way I know the background. I know the Lord and that way I'm set up for the future. But man, man, this movie is tough. Um, So I actually gave it a 43 out of 100, which I feel like is lower than I really wanted to give it. But if there's nothing that really holds me to the movie, like what else am I going to do? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair you yep. what'd you think you definitely uh said some things that i pretty much agree with as a whole especially in terms of the shallowness of it and the generic aspect of it this movie was really generic it was it was it was so shallow and it was just your typical half it was like a half-hearted revenge story <laughs> yeah like what and because we need i don't i'm not gonna spoil it but yeah it was just <laughs> it was just really really shallow and half-hearted and you but the thing i will kind of disagree with is your, your your take on henry golding um i think i think he's maybe not an action star but i know he he has the bona fide movie star quality oh yeah um, that's i'm fine with him being the lead character i just don't think he was suited for the action this star type of movie yes. yes i get what yes. yeah i i, I get, understand what you're saying so but yeah there it's weird though that you say that because there were times in this movie where he reminded me of Hugh Jackman in the first X-Men movie. I don't know what it was, but I was just getting that Hugh Jackman, Logan vibe. And maybe it was because of him being in a setting he hasn't been in before or whatever it is, but I just got the vibe. And I think that's just a credit to, to Henry Golding's uh, appeal. I'm a fan of his. I'm also a fan of this character snake eyes though, because even though I, I, I didn't really, I don't remember the first movies as, as, as just like you, but the character I always kind of connected with the most, just because he was really cool and I had the action figure and, and I don't, and the thing is, I don't even know if GI Joe is a popular character now or a popular, you know, toy line. I'm not a child, so I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what mm-hmm. kids are playing with nowadays, but so that's probably one of the biggest reasons why this movie didn't do so well, just because it's a tired, outdated um, uh, property line, but I'm a fan of this character. But this movie just did not cut it in terms of what I really felt it could have give in terms of what it could have gave. We are for people who are familiar with this character. Snake Eyes doesn't talk. And I don't really have a problem with the fact that he's talking in this movie. I have a problem with the fact that they didn't make a good Snake Eyes movie. The thing that really <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem with what they did. I have a problem with how they did it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Because one of the things that really pissed me off throughout this whole fucking movie is the damn shaky camera is the fighting scenes. I'm a big fan of martial arts movies and, and whatever karate movie, whatever you want to call it. This guy, this director does not know how to shoot a, a, a fight scene at all. 
you're watching you're telling me the guy that directed r.i.p.d doesn't know how to do action (laughs) movies yo i had to look up who this director was and when i saw r.i.p.d on that list i said no fucking wonder now i wonder (laughs) it was now i understand why it was so fucking bad you can't here's the thing you can't oh my god the sword fighting there was a sword fight scene you can't have a close-up sword fighting scene. I don't know where the fucking sword is. I don't know whose arm is going to get cut. I don't know where you're punching. I don't know who you're hitting. And the thing is, he cuts to their faces too much or cuts up close too much to the yeah. point where you're just getting lost and disorientated. And you don't know who's getting hurt or who is who is fighting who. And then you have, there was a point in, the, there was a fight where there was like five cuts in a two-second moment. And I said, what the fuck? <laughs> like what what am i looking at and it's like going back and forth in faces and, and jackets and shirts i'm like what i don't know what i'm looking at and, and the, like i said there was some i'd like the shaky camera aspect in terms of you know it shows your face and then it shows uh something important happening in the same in the same uh, uh consistent take and a continuous take which is cool but then when you get to the fighting and you have a group of people fighting and you're jumping so close up and you're doing an up close shot that ruins the feeling and the essence of the fight you can't appreciate and bask in the in the intensity of a fight and it just ruins it it it, it almost takes you out of the film and you and you can't appreciate it especially when this is a movie about a ninja you're supposed to you're supposed to be enthralled by a ninja doing action shit i couldn't be captivated by anything because they were moving too fast the fighting was too brief i think the fight scenes were way too brief for me um it's just don't don't shake the camera like you know it was shaking more than a stripper shakes her ass it's just don't <laughs> don't don't do that at, at at all don't do that um the thing i really liked was the storm shadow which is weird i don't know if you saw the tra- the last trailer for snake eyes they basically put the mid credit scene in that trailer where he says i'm storm shadow and i said okay if you if your marketing starts to put your mid credits or post credit scene in a movie, that's not a good sign in the first place. <laughs> but I did like Andrew Koji. I liked. I think it visually it looked good, but they ruined the visuals when it came to the fighting. So horrible job on that. He didn't he didn't cap, uh, capitalize on 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 the set design very much by ruining the fight scenes. Uh, I think jumping to the the mythical or yeah mythical fantasy part in in the uh, latter act or the third act kind of it wasn't cohesive enough for me because the first two the thir- two thirds of the movie was kind of grounded and then it just jumps to some fantasy elements and it just it wasn't cohesive enough for me but yeah this movie it, it had so much potential and it they should have it, it had so much potential you have henry golding who's a great actor and you have and you have andrew koji who's who was also really charismatic in his role uh it just really felt flat the dialogue was so cliche it was oh my god the dialogue man it's like you should have killed me you should have killed me when you had the chance what how many times have we heard that in like millions of movies out there and then yeah just yeah this is a weak movie i'm gonna give it uh uh, five and a half i'm i'm the only reason i'm giving five and a half because i'm I'm a henry gold 55 55 55 only reason why i would give it a 55 is because I'm a, I'm a Henry Golding fan. I'm a fan of Andrew Koji. Oh, and I can't forget Iko Uwais, who was, oh man, you have Iko Uwais, who was an Indonesian martial artist. You don't mm-hmm. 
you you have to you have to keep wide shots. He was barely in it. Yeah, he was barely in it. And then when he was fighting, the fighting is also like dimly lit. You can't enjoy anything. And you're cutting when he's a yeah, a fighter like that. You have to give wide shots and pan and cut to necessary moments. Don't. Yeah, don't fuck it up. Yeah, you. you But yeah, 55 out of out of 100. All right. So let's get into spoilers. Obviously, you pretty much know how where we stand on the movie. Uh, all the way through but spoilers for anyone who doesn't want this movie spoiled but um opening well not opening scene the flashback i you saw that coming from my way i had no surprise when they went back to the flashback we saw his dad die uh he wants revenge da, 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 da. um <laughs> but then to jump to a cage match against a big burly wrestler who only screams and grunts <laughs> like and then you get the the dumb um kind of cartoon like fall over to to win the battle like he just passes out i'm just like oh god i'm in for a long movie um it, it just it none of it really played none of it hit like oh god and then the um the scene where he's like supposed to kill uh tommy in in yeah in the the first part of the movie just like you know he's not gonna do it you know it's just everything felt telegraphed in this in this movie none of it was a surprise it just wasn't like at the end when he's supposed he finally catches his father's killer he's he wants revenge you're like oh you're gonna kill him you know he's not gonna fucking kill him (laughs) like you just know it he sets him free because all of these goddamn movies are exact same um, to answer your question about Hasbro or excuse me about GI Joe, like it is a pretty big property. It is a little outdated, um, but these Hasbro movies do have an audience. So if they're done well, they will be, you know, adored like Transformers. Transformers is it has a property and, you know, those movies are in kind of the same vein. Like we talked about last week with Fast and Furious and yeah. the God- Godzilla is like, they're just, large-scale action movies you're not watching for the script but they do have an audience and i i you know the mark Wahlberg ones stink but the transformers movies are, are pretty good and i think the gi joe movies can be really good and i agree snake eyes was the, the character to lean on if you wanted to do an origin story but man they completely botched it like they needed this movie to be a if you don't know anything about gi joe here's why you should be invested right. and now this movie is serving as if you don't know anything about GI Joe, watch this. And here's the reason why, or like why you shouldn't even care. That's how it came off to me. It's like this movie should have reignited any sort of spark or desire for uh, a continued franchise. And it just didn't, it just didn't do it. The Baroness was the worst part of the movie. And she's a huge part of the GI Joe. I don't know if it's comics or story, whatever, yeah. but she's like, she's the big bad. She's, and granted, this isn't very, this isn't like your MCU where it's super mythical and out there. Like this is for the most part, very uh, earth-based and governments going at each other or government versus secret organization and like a tactical unit and like all this stuff, like the, the classic um, kind of shit your, your mom and dad grew up with kind of deal. And that still plays like people like that. It doesn't have to be so wacky and mythical and cosmic to people for people to enjoy it. So like Baroness is the the big bad in the G.I. Joe franchise. And they kind of just threw her in there as like a, 
oh, here she is. Ta-da. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that's kind of how yeah. it was. And it just, yeah, oh my God. And the 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 one scene that really just epitomized how bad this movie was. Um, they were in the dojo or whatever you want to call it. The the grandmother got or the clan leader got trapped. Um, and the the guy with the the family jewels um literally <laughs> you know what's about to kill the grandma and uh doesn't give it over to the baroness and that you have the female team up right yeah that scene was so freaking cringe to me because you have samar weaving's character who i don't even know her name who they also kind of just threw in Scarlet. and her only purpose was to tie into the mainline gi joe group yeah um that was the only purpose of the movie you have no idea who she is or why she's there otherwise um you have her teaming up with baroness and grandma uh grandma. To, to, to defeat everyone else and it's it reminded me of the she's got help scene in endgame where it's just mm, so out of place and in your face and just pandering because women can be action stars that's not what i'm saying like there's we just reviewed black widow i love black widow we praised florence Pugh's performance like and and like women can be action stars but like don't make a mockery of it don't make it seem like it's so out of place that it's not realistic like that's how it came off to me and it's just like it really was just jarring the i didn't even catch that because i was too fucking pissed about how they were editing (laughs) the fighting (laughs) yeah As, as far as the editing goes yeah it when you're fighting with swords in particular and knives it needs to feel a little bit more intimate. Yeah. Um, I think that also requires a very special eye and special skill as a director and, and whatnot to know how to do it. Like if you think back to Captain America Winter Soldier, and obviously there's some crazy knife fighting in there. Yeah. You have like a close up, but not so close that you're on their face. Yeah. But you're close up that you can see the the movements with the knives and exactly. the the strategy in the, the kind of in in this case like you should have seen the martial martial arts behind the sword fighting as well. It's not just like two blades clanging, yeah. right? It, it, it there's it, there's an art to it. It's literally called martial arts. Yeah. So like you needed to capture that in a way. I will say the scene on the uh, the truck with all those cars. I don't know what you call those kind of trucks. Like, I thought that was cool, like a cool fight scene, but that shouldn't have been the only fight scene. Yeah. And and it shouldn't have been, it shouldn't have been your primary sword fight either. Like, that's where we got the most of the sword fighting was on (laughs) sword fight, like that was on that truck. And it, it was dark. You were moving at like 60 miles an hour. Like it just wasn't the platform to capture that fight. Like I, I did think it it was cool, like with mm-hmm. the motorcycles and all the cars involved, just the classic car chase scene. You get in all these types of generic action movies. It is yeah. what it is, but like it, I thought it was cool, but not for uh, a sword fighting. Like th- this movie needed to be more intimate and need to lean heavy on the martial arts and kind of the the respect behind respect. this kind of um, I don't want to say mythology, but I guess history because obviously Japanese culture is, is, you know, there are clan leaders, there are, you know, samurais and there is a respect behind that. You need to portray that. And the reason this reminded me of Shang-Chi and kind of why I'm in the same vein is like, 
I'm afraid that's what is going to happen for Shang-Chi. Granted, I have much more faith in uh, Kevin Feige than Robert. What's his face that directed RIPD. So I don't think we're going to have the same problem, but there were a lot of problems with snake eyes and not a lot going right for it. But do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I I think, I think Tommy should, Tommy, AKA storm shadow should have whooped his grandma's ass for (laughs) for, for banishing him from the clan. Cause that is disrespectful. He tried to save y'all. He didn't kill anybody. He just used the jewel and was like, all right, I'm gonna protect y'all. But she was like, no, you got, you got to go. You got to get out of here. You are a danger. You don't use the, then she ran after him. Not the grand. She was like your family, and then he was like, "No, bitch, I'm leaving." And then, because he, because she didn't really try to, you know, say, "Hey, you can still stay" or anything like that. He was really just mad that he got banned from the clan from protecting his family, all because he used a jewel. And then that blind dude was like, "You can't, you know, you can, you remember your vows. You're supposed to not use it or whatever it was." I just, mm-hmm. I just thought. I think people were letting Snake Eyes give. They were forgiving Snake Eyes too easily for me. I said, "This man betrayed you like three times." <laughs> and Tommy only did one thing and he was trying to save y'all and now y'all get rid of him. That's disrespectful. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah, this uh not really. All right. We'll, we'll end on this. This is a good way to end. Do you want another movie? A different movie? Uh, another movie <laughs> with Henry Golding and As Snake Cody. Eyes. Oh, yeah. Man. If they do, they don't need this director. It really would depend on the director for me. Mm-hmm. I don't even care what the story is. I would actually welcome another movie. Just get a director who's more qualified for 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 action and and whatnot. Yeah. The the uh, one you know final problem for me with this movie is like you said earlier, the Snake Eyes we know in the mainline GI Joe movies and and the the show or whatever. Snake Eyes he doesn't talk. He took a vow of silence. Right. We didn't even see that in this movie. It's supposed to be an origin story. Right. Yeah, and he didn't like, even wear the suit. That pissed me off too. He didn't wear the suit. We don't know why he took the vow of silence. Like we don't have. The, he didn't really even join the GI Joes. Like they kind of hinted at it, but he didn't like join. Like an origin story is supposed to be a one film <laughs> leading into the mainline story. Like so, why are we getting? I don't know. It's just yeah they. They literally, this was, uh, let's throw shit at the wall, see what sticks. Yeah. And we're going to get another movie with a few pieces that's stuck, but it's not really going to be cohesive. It's- you know what happened? I think this is what they did. They said, okay, hey, here we have a script and it's an action movie about a ninja. They were like, oh, and then who, who, who did this movie? What studio Ninjas are in right now too. Yeah, like, I know. But who was, who was the studio who, who made this again? Uh, oh, uh, hold on. Paramount or somebody? Wasn't it Warner Brothers? No, this is not. I think it has to be Paramount or Universal, one of those. I think it's Paramount, Um, actually. Oh, Paramount, because they own Transformers and stuff. Hasbro. Why is it not telling me? Was it? (laughs) Did you find it was Paramount? Yeah, it's Paramount. It's uh, a because it's a a Hasbro company and they do uh, what's it called? Uh, Transformers and stuff. So, yeah, I think they had a Paramount script and it was just an action, you know, ninja movie. And they said, you know what? How about we take this franchise that we're not using right now and put it in this movie? And they just threw some shit in there. And was like, okay, we're going to have Baroness. we have a Storm Shadow and a Blind Man. And we're going to make it about G.I. Joe. And that's, I think that's what happened. Yeah, basically, that's what it comes down <laughs> to. Like, I think my generic synopsis of what these action movies tend to be pretty much summarize the whole movie. Like, you don't even really need to see it now. No, you don't. Yeah, don't rush. Don't yeah, even walk. So- 
Yep. So 43 for me, 55 for Vox. All right. Moving on to old. Old is the latest movie from M. Night Shyamalan. It stars Gael Garcia Bernal, Vicky Crepes, Rufus Sewell, uh, Alex Wolf is probably really the only name you might know. Yeah. Um, Thompson McKenzie, actually, you, you might know her. Abby Lee. Uh, and then as a cameo, M. Night Shyamalan. Um, so the synopsis, excuse me, uh, vacationing family discovers that the secluded beach where they are relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. Like I said, the latest movie from M. Night Shyamalan took number one at the box office last week, 6.0 and IMDb 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. We'll start off with non-spoiler. I think more people have seen this and this kind of ventures into the area where we're, we don't have to do non-spoilers, but just for the sake of anyone who might not have caught it yet, uh, non-spoilers. I liked this movie. I thought it was pretty good. I think there was some good stuff about it. Uh, I thought for um, not having the star set of cast, I thought the cast really well. Um, it had the patented M night Shyamalan twist as we've, come to expect um but really the the twist is what it comes down to for me i think this movie would have been significantly better if you didn't have the twist and it just ended right before the twist which we will talk about in a second once we get to spoilers um but like i said the first call it hour hour and change before the twist it, it was a pretty good movie like it you know, all took place on the beach for the most part. And that was kind of scary because similar to, you know, these horror movies where you're trapped in a house or you're, you're running away, but you can't get away like that, that kind of, or no escape feeling you got from the beach. And it's a big beach too. It's a long, obviously uh, you have space to move around. You're not in, in, you know, trapped per se, but you are. Um, both by your geographical surroundings and by time. That's kind of the big thing in this. And I thought it it was well done and I thought it looked great. And again, I thought the cast was great, but man, that twist really, really took me out. And that was my biggest problem with it. Um, I don't dislike this movie, but I don't love it either. I ended up giving it a, a 60. So I'm right in line with the audience score on imdb or the score on imdb it's just 60 like in that range there's movies that are good that some people don't like and there's movies that are bad that some people do like and i think this is kind of in that range where some people are going to like it more than others and that's fine like it's not a bad movie but it, it did take me out so i think 60 while it seems like a bad score I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just kind of where it falls for me. But what about you? Yeah, I'm pretty much along the same lines as you. Um, I was really kind of entertained. I was really entertained. Like it had me hooked. Mm-hmm. I was basically on the edge of my seat throughout this whole movie. So there wasn't there there weren't any points in this movie where I was truly bored or disinterested. And I think, yeah, the script and the dialogue may be a, a little weak or clunky, but the concept of aging on a beach and or aging rapidly on a beach and you're not and not knowing 
what's causing it. I think that's a really, a, a really intriguing concept. And I think M. Night did a good job at at least capturing that moment as a whole or capturing those moments as a whole, rather. Um, so, yeah, I was entertained. Uh, I'm, we'll get into it more in the spoiler review. But, yeah, I'll give my my score is really close to yours. And it's a, but it's a little higher. Um, it, I would give it a, a, six, a 65 out of 100. I think that's about right. Um, I'll, I'll just say you gave Black Widow and Old the same score, which is like wild to me. Mm. Um, you would catch that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's just let's get into it. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Okay, so I'm just I'm gonna start off with the twist and then kind of work my way back. Um, so the twist in this movie, for those that have seen it or those who haven't seen it but just want to know, so. Obviously, they're they're aging rapidly on this beach. All the parents end up dying because they just spend too much time on the beach. The kids that were 10 years old and six years old are now mid-50s, and it's only been less than 24 hours. Um, and their time's running out. They're going to be next. There's only two left by the end of the movie. And the um, boy or man i don't don't know what his name is (laughs) like i don't know which i I, trent trent um trent remembers the secret code that he and his buddy wrote to each other and of course it has the the magical clue to get off the island or get off the beach just of course like yeah whatever still didn't lose me at that point like we all knew the message was going to mean something right when he didn't decode it right away um so they're going on uh they swim through the coral whatever that's that's fine because it kind of makes sense like it would make sense that you need to escape through kind of a a weird path to get away from it whatever still didn't lose me at that point i thought it was a little dumb their <laughs> their their time's running out swim through coral. yeah their time <laughs> their time's running out whatever whatever still didn't lose me the part that lost me so you get back to uh the mainland or whatever with all the people at the resort who are clearly involved and clearly know what that beach is and you know that the whole time right but of course it had to be for some pharmaceutical company who was testing drugs and getting approval because rather than having to test the drug over you know, five, 10 years in real time, they could do it in an hour on the beach in this, and it would have the same sort of effects, right? Like you didn't have to see the potential long-term effects over that course of 10 years before you got FDA approval and could sell your drug to, you know, millions of corporations and millions of people. You could see it in, you know, just a couple hours on the beach. And that's really what it came down to. And I'm like, holy shit. Like it had to have some sort of reason like that. It makes sense to me, but it just Mm. completely took took me out of the movie because up until that point, I was like, damn, this is kind of scary. Like it's not it's a non-traditional horror movie where there's no jump scares or no main threat. It's just a matter of like time is passing you by no matter what you do you are going to die if you don't live your life. Like I thought that was off. Like if that concept by itself was a phenomenal idea and if it was done well, which it really was done well um, until until the twist, 
like I thought that would have been a phenomenal movie, especially if it just ended. If they were just building the sandcastle and mm. like you just saw the waves coming up and it just ended. I thought that would have been a phenomenal end where you're just sat there like, what the fuck? I don't have resolution, yeah. but that's kind of the point. Like you're never going to have resolution unless yeah. you go do something with your life and kind of make the most of it. And like, but again, that's like the big brain thing, but of course there has to be a dumb reasoning. Behind it. <laughs> and it's just like, of course they survived the coral. Of course they, you know, added the pharmaceutical company. Like, of course all this shit happened. And it's just like, it took me out of it. Like I would have given this movie probably at least an 80 if it wasn't for the twist. Like the twist significantly impacted my view of the movie. Cause like, I was thinking big brained about it where I was like, this is a significantly scary concept where it's like, there, there's no threat. The yeah. threat is just time. It's and just time is undefeated. And time and you're is like, killing you. All right. Yeah. All right. Like, I guess fucking time's undefeated. Like, yeah. I guess I got to get off my ass and go do something with my life. But the, the twist was just so, so like, what the fuck? Like face palm. It was, <laughs> it, it was just tough. What did you think? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh man, time is the killer, but it's not time. It's it's really M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, it's mountain. not time. <laughs> Behind this curtain is Oz. Like, it's just yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think you know, there was, I guess, a little bit before this, we're, we're doing this. I was thinking I can see how the having the reveal would make this movie better because I know some people say, well, if there wasn't no reveal, it, it probably wouldn't. I don't think I would have liked the movie. Or I know people don't like movies ending without that yeah. the explanation. So I get it, but I, I, wish I it get it too. I get it too because, and <clears throat> I think some movies kind of um, falter a little bit when they try to spoon feed us, spoon feed audiences too much. And this probably mm-hmm. could have been an issue in a you know an audio I mean an audience testing. Some movies go through audience testing and they say, "What do you think about this?" And I'm sure a lot of people were like, "I don't like how it ended. This ended. I need an explanation." This pro- and that's probably what M Night was going through. Um, I think you're right. I think this movie would have been really strong if it left us in that state of um, obscurity or ambigu- uh, ambiguity. Because you said you want you said if the movie had ended while they were building sandcastles, it would have been perfect. And maybe you'll agree or disagree. I I was just thinking, I think this movie probably would have benefited or would have been just as good if it ended right when they got the note. You know, it's like, okay, we see the note and it says my uncle doesn't like coral. And then maybe they pan out and they zoom in into the coral and it just cuts to black. And then it's just uh, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. And now you're like, wait, what the fuck is up with this coral? So now you're wondering what the hell. So maybe. It lets it lets the audience know that there is something out there at least, but mm-hmm. it still doesn't explain anything. And I think maybe if it ended like that or something along those lines, it would have yeah, been a stronger if it, film. If they if they got the note, but it was too late or something like that, something yeah. it, it just it just leaves you guessing. I think you're right about if just leaving us hanging a little bit makes you come up with your own ending. But yeah, I uh, yeah the the twist was stupid. It's yeah the pharmaceutical thing. I said, oh, that's that's what they're doing. This, you mean to tell me Pfizer is out here doing this? <laughs> Pfizer is killing people. <laughs> Pfizer is yeah. putting people on the island. <laughs> like also not the movie to like put out there or not the ending you want to put out there when people are like already like <laughs> exactly. the, the vaccine is so controversial and it's like, come on. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, not right. that that was M. Night Shyamalan's intention, but like it just <laughs> there, there's multiple very reasons timely. it didn't play well. Yeah. <laughs> It's timely and untimely, depending on whose side you're on. 
Yeah. They're like, M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan presents old, sponsored by Pfizer. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically, you. Yes. we share the same same thoughts. Yeah, the, the, this movie should have been a lot better than it was. It ended poorly. Um, but some of the, the, the great parts about the movie, um, specifically, there's one scene when you find out the the little girl is pregnant or the now <laughs> teenager or whatever, I thought the scene where they're both going through puberty and all those hormones and they have sex and they don't like understand the, the repercussions of it because they're really, they have the life experience of the age they were. So they don't know any better, right? They never had the talk. They never had boyfriend, yeah, girlfriend the, or whatever. The brain has caught up. Right. They, they just have these hormones and they have sex and they get pregnant. I thought that was funny but not in a way that took away from the movie and then once everyone's panicking right you get that shaky cam panning over all like different 10 people yeah. on the beach just pure chaos you get alex wolf saying like i'm gonna marry her yeah i love her like that was really we're not gonna funny. be like you yeah like that was really funny and really well done and you got the the chaos and just the like oh like what the fuck is going on yeah. like really resonated off the screen and i thought that was really well done um and that that's not that's also something that's not easy to do we just talked about poor shaky cam yeah exactly it's a good guys, time to use it but this was a perfect time to use it it reminded me of the ending scene if you remember of knives out where uh, oh the, yeah, the, yeah yeah the family realizes like who the killer is what happened and who got all the money and you got the shaky cam and everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, it reminded me of that. And that's that's a, a well done, too. Yeah. And not or, just that, that wasn't the ending scene, but yeah, it wasn't. Uh, was it the, no, the no, middle it scene? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was the middle scene. But still, like, same same concept, like shit hits the fan. Everyone's losing their mind. You, you feel the chaos because shaky cam's a perfect way to do it. Perfect way to capture it. And I thought that scene for me was like, all right, this is a really, really good movie. I pray they don't fuck it up in the case, but <laughs> it doesn't mean just the, the good scenes cam. weren't good sorry and not just the shaky cam that that was that he uh took advantage of i thought there were you, you've seen i don't know how many times they, he did it but the framing of characters when they would talk or well, while something jarring or weird was happening it's like mm-hmm. you get that you get one Especially character the dad yeah yeah you get one character in the frame but it's maybe it's just a half of his face but then you get like some of the other characters you just see a piece of hair or a piece of their head or their nose and it just makes you wonder like it, it kind of puts you into that that mind state of how they are where it's like they, they can't they don't know what the hell is going on so m night just zooms in and gives us this really jarring and unique camera frame framing which i think was pretty unique and a total m night Shyamalan thing to do but that's one thing besides the 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 shaky cam aspect that you brought up i thought that was pretty cool yeah i will say the uh the whole rapper uh, oh storyline was pretty dumb. <laughs> his like, name was pretty dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, what was his name? Something mid size sedan. Mid size sedan. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that whole line is. I'm like, you easily could have just had another family with some sort of medical problem there, and like used the same. I don't know, like that. That just didn't play well for me. Like, you yeah, know, and, whatever. Yeah. Just. It didn't play well, but this movie's fine. I, I would recommend it, but just with the notion, like, don't be surprised if you don't like the ending. But again, th- the lead up to that is pretty enjoyable, and it does make you think 
And that's really what you want out of a movie. So like you want to be thinking afterwards, unless you don't, in which case you see a fast and furious movie where you shut off your brain, <laughs> don't ask questions. And sometimes you, you enjoy it. Yeah. But 55 or no, that that's the, that's the last one. 65 from 65. Fox, yep. 60 from me. So about, about the same, about the same. All right. So the, yeah, that does it for our two reviews, snake eyes and old next week big week for us we are reviewing the suicide squad from james gunn and we are going to have plenty to talk about we're it's just going to be our suicide squad episode because there's going to be plenty to talk about both with the the movie itself james gunn david ayers the previous movie where they go from here all of it we're going to dive into all of it so i'm really excited for that all of the variety interviews that have been coming out we're going to talk about that as well so very excited for next week. But as we do to end each show, we're going to do our movie recommendations. You got yours ready? Yeah, I got mine. Go for it. Yeah, so mine is Phone Booth. I don't know if you know this movie or ever heard I've of it. I've actually never heard of it. Yeah, so it stars uh, a great actor, Colin Farrell, and Forrest Whitaker, also Kiefer Sutherland, who's who people may know as Jack Bauer from 24. He's also in this film, just maybe not in the degree you might have might expect, but he's a pretty crucial character. And this is basically about a, a, a publicist or a PR, a PR guy who's picks up this phone, obviously in a phone booth. This is a time where, you know, phone, I know we're millennials. Some of us don't know what, what phone booths are, but you, <laughs> <laughs> you might be a little, you know, uh, caught off guard when you see people pick up a phone in a booth. But yeah, so he picks up a phone in a phone booth. And there's a killer on the line and he has to figure out why he's being targeted. And he, Kiefer Sutherland plays the sniper on the phone and he's talking to him and he's got his gun sights on him. And Forrest Whitaker plays a cop who comes in, who tries to figure out what the hell is going on. And you're left wondering where the hell does this go? So I think it's a really good, solid thriller. Um, I don't know who directed it, but oh, Joel Schumacher, who, of course, yeah. national treasure yes exactly for those who don't know he's directed batman and robin one of the greatest batman movies of all time oh god <laughs> but yeah don't let that take away from the fact of how good this how good this movie is though because it's highly rated one of the critically acclaimed movies of colin farrell's career and forrest whitaker's career but yeah i give this movie uh, uh an, an 80 out of 100 and i think i think if you like thrillers i think you'd you'd really enjoy this movie i'm definitely gonna give it a watch that's on prime it's video on, yep by the way, um, and just a, a, a note, all of our movie recommendations will be on streaming. That's for obviously you guys and ease of access. We don't want you guys to have to rent it or um, stream it through one of those sketchy sites or anything like that. They will be on streaming. So that way you guys can go check it out. Uh, I will definitely check it out. I've been needing a movie to watch anyways. Um, my movie recommendation came out, I guess, 2019, um, but kind of ties into both the reviews today and that is crawl um this movie really kind of captures the uh like we talked about with old and um the feeling trapped um like the essence of feeling trapped and kind of portrays it so that way you can feel it um it's not really anyone you would have heard of as far as who's it stars but it doesn't really matter because 
uh, it's just that, oh, fuck, I'm not going to get away kind of feeling. Um, for those of you who don't haven't heard of it, maybe you've already seen it, but maybe you haven't. When a huge hurricane hits her hometown in Florida, Haley ignores evacuation orders to look for her father. After finding him badly wounded, both are trapped by the flood. With virtually no time to escape the storm, they discover that the rising wa- water levels are the least of their problems. Uh, spoiler alert, it's alligators, it's crocodiles. Like they are just everywhere. And it's it's so like anxiety inducing and such a, a I don't want to say I hate saying like low budget because that has the connotation that it's you know a bad movie. They're poorly but, filmed. <laughs> yeah. Um but it's just like one of those movies that you wouldn't expect much from, but you get a lot out of. And it, it's a great watch and it, it does all the things well that old does, but it doesn't have a dumb ending. Um, and I, I think it's just a solid watch. It's a very easy watch. And if you're looking for kind of one of those movies, not necessarily horror, but kind of those thrillers, I guess, I think crawl is a perfect movie. I give it a 78 out of a hundred. It's just right in that wheelhouse of good. You're not going to regret watching it. And I think that's the perfect movie recommendation. I don't never want to recommend a movie that you might regret. I think that's safe to say. <laughs> I would All right. Think. No, I don't know what I was going to say. I think it would be <laughs> funny if I recommended a movie that people regret. And I, I feel like I want, would want to do that on purpose in a way, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's it. That's all we got for this episode. Like I said, next week, Suicide Squad. So we will have a packed episode for you. Fox, you got anything else before we go? Nope, I do not. Uh, just hope you guys uh, enjoyed our review. Come back next week to hear us and check us out. And uh, make sure you check out those uh, recommendations we gave you. Absolutely. Um, and for those that missed it last week, uh, we're officially on Apple Podcasts oh, now. Yes, so. that's important. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Um, there we go. Officially on Apple Podcasts now. So if you missed it last week, I gave uh, the recommendation for Fundamentals of Caring. Fox gave the recommendation of seven pounds both are on netflix so if you if you're just a lot of time to kill it watch those movies as well i want we want to hear what you think of these movies both the ones we recommend and the ones we review so please interact with us on twitter be more than happy to uh to chat about it because we love movies and that's why we're here that's why we're doing this podcast all right for fox and myself this has been a major motion podcast and we will see you next week